got a try. That's a miracle. You can take me now. I have seen it all. Welcome back to the Golf Potential. Obviously, it is your host, Tony. I am joined by Baxter, mate. How are you doing this evening? It is 9.30 at night, so I hope people do appreciate that we are doing this quite late to get content out. But Baxter, how are you feeling tonight? Yeah, I'm doing really well, mate, and uh, it's good to see all the games that went over the round, and how are you feeling, mate? Oh, I mean, obviously, we will jump into that quite quickly, because it was the first game of the round, a win's a win, um, it wasn't <laughs> promising, we will jump into that before we do, obviously, massive shout out to all the women, obviously, it was women in leagues round this week, so everyone involved in the NRL, everyone that supports the players, everyone that's a fan, that's a woman, um, obviously, thank you for your contribution to the game, and um we couldn't do it without you, and I think the players showed that and they fought hard this week, but we will jump into it. Like you said, how am I doing? I'll pop it on the screen. It was Manly 10, Roosters 20. We got the two points, and that's probably about where the positives do end. Um, hmm. Obviously, Hargraves did throw a few elbows, and obviously, young Zach, um, he put in a bit of an effort, but um, I'll let you go first, and then I'll touch on my thoughts, but what were your thoughts on this game? No, it was a really good uh, game from the Roosters here, showing them, showing the manly side uh, a little bit how to how to play ball, especially with uh, as you touched on Jerry Hargraves showing the young buck Zach Fulton. Welcome to first grade, and uh, I don't know, sort of a weird one. It didn't really do much, but in the end of the game, it's black and white. So yeah, what, what, what were your point uh, thoughts about it, man? Um, I think as a standpoint of the whole game, um, we came out of the gates quite early and we saw a bit this weekend, the teams that did come out early, the teams that did get ahead quite early, kind of pulled the foot off the trigger. Um, Mm. And I think that's about what the Roosters were doing. I think they went out there expecting to score 30, 40, 50 points. But unfortunately, when you try and score every single attack, you're going to drop the ball. So it was disappointing. We had a terrible, terrible completion rate, but... Overall, um, I think Manly showed fight with seven players out, but mm. ultimately when it comes to it, the Roosters took the two points home and you kind of get past this game and you look forward to the Broncos on Thursday night. So mm. um, with the Hargraves incident, mm. I feel like, okay, Hargraves has a reputation. So anything he does, people are going to blow up. Did I think it was yep. a dirty tactic? Yes, 100%. But you look back 60 minutes down the play, Veras is about to score, gets coat-handed by someone on debut, but because he's on debut, no one says a word about it. He gets a one-week fine. So Egan Butcher takes up, or doesn't take his head off, but smacks someone in the top of the head in the 80th minute. No one really cares about that because Hargraves mm. is known for being a grub. That's yeah. where we end up. But obviously, Roosters get the points. They're in the top eight. They have that two-point buffer over Manly now and the Dragons. But moving on to a team that has bounced back and... I didn't realise how close the table was until I saw this team win their first game in five weeks and jump into third. It's the Warriors 12, Melbourne 24. It didn't look perfect. They still look shaky, but they got the two points. What were your thoughts on that, Baxter? Yeah, it was good to see uh, Bellyache's voice getting through the player's head there and getting the two points there over in Auckland. I swear to God, every game seems to be for some cup this, cup that, or... It's this round, it's that round. Just Let's just minim, uh, minimise it to like maybe five cups a year, you know, for different teams. But, 
yeah, it was good to see Melbourne get out there and uh, grab those two points because they desperately needed. Otherwise, they were slipping to the bottom, uh, bottom top of the eight. And uh, not much to say from the Warriors, but uh, yeah, they showed a bit of a fight. But yeah, what about you? Oh, I mean, it's an interesting one. Obviously, I don't think anyone really thought the Warriors were going to come out and win this game. Um, I gave them a chance. I thought it was going to be close, and it kind of ended up how I did think it was going to go. Melbourne, obviously, way too much class. They got the win. Obviously, a massive talking point. And I'll ask you, obviously, they have controversially, it is in the rules, signed a player from the Tigers. Um, but obviously, they do lose Nick Meany um, in this game, which could have ended up a lot worse. Mm. Um, he did fall from quite a distance. He landed awkwardly. So we do hope he is back soon and he is okay. But um, Baxter, I'll ask you, what, what's your thought on this mid-season transfer? Obviously, they've got to August 1st, so it's not even mid-season anymore. The season is almost over. Yeah. Do you think it's right that a team can go out and poach, I guess, a player from a team that's irrelevant now in this league to strengthen their teams into the finals? Um, I think I questioned you about this at our last re- review. Um, I, I know what you said about having no no uh, sort of deadline. It's sort of just you play on as you, I'll, I'd say probably even bring it a little bit forward, make it like maybe, maybe magic round. If magic round is round 10 and it is that consistently throughout the years to come, make it, make it magic round. You got up until magic round to, or a little bit after magic round to sign your players. Um, obviously we've seen many players, you know, like this year, last year go down early on, and not return um, due to head knocks or injuries. So I'd say then, but yeah, it's really easy. Just sort of, you look at, look, Melbourne are bleeding here with outside backs and yeah, they get David Nofaluma from the Tigers, but they could have grabbed a handful of players, but I, I don't like it. August one was only introduced because of COVID. So no, nah, uh, I've seen a, a news article that they're actually going to bring it back to, June thirtieth, but still, even still, that's still like game three origin ending ish around that time. So I'm not a fan. Um, obviously, you and I are from a different sport where you you got windows. You've basically got a window to sign the player. If it doesn't happen in that time, it's just gonna uh, unlucky. And if you really want to sign them player, it's gonna be have to be to the next window. But yeah, I'd say round ten. That way. No one's really dominating. No one's really losing so much. So, and um, the the game, the the competition is still tight. One hundred percent. But obviously, this does bring me to my next point, and it is obviously Eels thirty four to Panthers ten. And the reason I bring up that I'm totally against this is, let, let's take the Dragons into example, right? Okay. If they had two less points, you'd almost say they're out of the top eight contention, even at this stage they're probably out of that top eight contention. Mm. What's stopping one of these two players right now with Cleary suspended for the next five weeks, Moses out for the next five weeks. Let's get Ben Hunt on the phone. Dragons save a bit of money. They can sign a superstar next year. Let's bring Ben Hunt up. Like, where does it stop? Where is it fair? Obviously, Panthers nah, last not. year, they brought in uh, Pengai Jr. He was very pivotal in their move forward into the finals. So, mm. I guess that's my argument. If a Dragons were coming dead last and let's say... Let's say the Warriors, who have massive cap space, went on a run. Okay, we'll take a Ben Hunt. Okay, we'll take a Lomax. We'll take a 
mm. whoever it is and strengthen my squad. I just, it's a bit iffy and I think it can go too far if the right team takes advantage of it. But yeah, obviously yeah. the game in front of us, it is the Eels 34, it is the Panthers 10. Take away the score because that is not the talking point right now. No. Nathan Cleary sent off for a tackle on Mitchell Moses. Uh, sorry, on Dylan Brown. On Dylan Brown. I've got no arguments. You had no arguments about if it was a send-off. We did kind of debate around no. that grade two, grade three. Uh, yeah. I called it. What was I your talking it, point? I called it before, before it even ticked over to Sunday, I think it was, or whenever the game was played. I think it was, yeah, Sunday or Saturday. No, it was Saturday, yeah, because it was played Friday night. I even called it between you and I. I just said, it's going to be great. Don't be surprised if it's if it's a grade three. And their argument for a grade three was control and force. The referee said it on the on the field. You put your arm between his legs and you drove him to the ground, head first. And even Ivan, after, Ivan, after the game, he even said that it started off as a two-man tackle and it ended in a solo effort there. And you've seen uh, sort of the after after game, uh, pre, uh, post game, whatever on Fox Sports, and they showed two examples of grade three uh, dangerous throws. Obviously, yeah, Carl uh, uh, Lawton on Cameron Murray early in the se- uh, season, and that was just straight momentum, but still put Cameron Murray in an awkward position and got four weeks. And then you got Brett Naden, who sort of wasn't if was sort of the weaker tackle out of the three for grade three on uh, Jakey Tavojevic there. Um, I have no arguments. Like if this is what the NRL, the NRL want to stamp out the whole, like want to stamp this out of the game and stop players from dunking other players on their head, you know, whether it's like your first offense or second offense, I think the, 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 the punishment should be heavy up front. Now, yeah, hundred um, percent. I'll if, ask if, you, obviously. Yeah, yeah no. keep going, keep going. No, keep going, keep going. Well, no, well, like let's just say, let's just say another incident of um, Alex McKinnon happens. Does this now? Does that take into a factor of you know we don't we don't want to see that happen? So should it, should it, regardless of being a first offense, second offense, third offense, should it just the book should be thrown at the players first up and say no? Well, you're going to be sitting out for four games or five games, whatever it is, um, regardless if you try and fight it, it's, that's that's it, to try and get this out of our game because I don't want to see another thing happen to another player like it did. So what about you? I, I, that was my, my reasoning why. Yeah, I, I don't think, like we said, obviously off air, we said it in the inbox. I don't think either of us would have really debated if it was a grade two or a grade three. We knew it was going to be somewhere there. It was kind of just how it fell. I made the joke that you get five weeks, your name's Nathan Cleary, it goes down to two, but obviously they did throw the book at him. But I guess for me, obviously, you bring up that Alex McKinnon. We don't want another one. I completely agree with that. I just, I don't see the difference between, okay, Nathan Cleary, he did the wrong thing. The guy landed on his back. He got lucky. It wasn't on his neck. Mm. Nelson comes down, elbows someone square on the jaw. Hargrave, it's it's that consistency. Like, yes, we don't want another McKinnon where someone falls on the neck, but 
who knows what's going to happen to someone that gets code handed like we'll get into soon of Tom Burgess taking out someone's head halfway through the um, extra time period. Like it's kind of like you've got to take past events out of it and just say, okay, you were reckless. It might not have done anything, mm. but it's a tough one. I think it's consistency. Consistency is what we want. We're probably never going to get it when the NRL on the bunker and the review committees are all around. But yeah. for me, um, it was a fair, fair call. Three weeks, uh, sorry, five weeks, grade three. Back, back to the game because yeah, yeah, back to the game because we are getting a bit uh, sidetracked. I think if you were Parramatta, you're walking away from the first half, going new beauty, we've dominated. This is going to be an absolute breeze. But I think you leave the game with a bit of disappointment after losing hmm. the second half to a 12th man Penrith. But um. Is it too early to call? Are they still going to wrap up the minor premiership or your boys going to storm home and steal it from him in round 25? We're only 86 points points difference away from them and obviously six competition uh, like six competition points. Now, obviously you see Pamela's next three games. They've got Canberra and Canberra, Melbourne at home who are looking like they've got their all sorts back in uh, back in the correct position. And then they've got the face uh, South Sydney at a core stadium. Um, those are three really hard weeks, especially when you've got no Luai, no Keary, uh, Cleary, and no uh, Stephen Crichton in the centre. So three massive outs for Penrith. And um, look, can they get it done? We'll have to wait and see. I'm going to lead on the side of I think they get it done. And it might not even be their own doing. Um, I look at a Cowboys side. They are rolling. They are winning games. Is it going to come a point those last two, three weeks where they go, let's rest our plays if Penrith get one more win before they play? It might happen. Obviously, you guys still have to play um, the Roosters at the SCG. You still have to play the Rabbitohs at a core stadium. And then you still have to play Penrith, obviously, in Queensland. So it's definitely up in the air. Um, Mm. I think, like I said, if Penrith get one more win, you could probably see the Cowboys resting plays here and there if they've got a few niggles. But... Obviously, that's up for debate. A team that will take on Penrith this weekend and did pick up the two competition points. The Titans, 24. The Raiders, 36. They face, I guess you could say, the, well, I don't want to say the weakest Penrith side in weeks because obviously we did see the side they put up against the Tigers, but they do face a depleted Penrith side. But obviously, what were your thoughts on this game? Where's next for the Titans? And are the Raiders really a top eight threat if they're conceding 24 points to the Titans? Um, no, it was a good it was a good uh, game for, for from the uh, try scoring point of view, and obviously for try July there. Um, the problem I see with with the Titans now, I don't know whether it's a board, whether it's Justin Holbrook, they just can't seem to land on a player and stick with him. Obviously, they had you know Aiden, Aiden Caesar many years ago. They let him go to Canberra. Then they had uh, Jamal Fogarty. Oh, he's not a he's not a controlling halfback. Oh, we'll let him go. You know, oh, we don't like this player. We'll get him go. Oh, we'll sign Jared Hayne and make it a, a circus media around us and not really do anything. I think that that club is sort of lost the plot in a way, and they need to start getting the right players into their system to setting a standard. Obviously, we heard about Kevin Proctor. You know, that's not a standard that the Titans want to do. You know, you got big. You got a big Tino who's trying to lead the way, but he's got no one else following him. Yeah, he's got – shouldn't say no one's following, but you got, you know, AJ Brimson's there, Jaden Campbell's there. Um, 
you know, a few other players that have that don't come to mind at the moment. You know, you've got to build around those players. You just need to have those couple of few players and you know, there's one player that's really letting them down and that's big um Fafita, who's on that what, one point two million dollar contract a year and he's sitting on the bench. He's like he can't it, like that's not what you want from your your highest paid player um at the club. But whatever that whatever that is, that's the Titans. They're done. Book your Mad Monday because you're gonna need it. For the Raiders, what a great game. It was good. It doesn't really matter when you come into finals whether you're you're leaking twenty four points or you're leaking eight. If you outscore the other team, a win's a win. Really, in finals, it, it doesn't matter where you are. Um, anything can happen, and it was really good to see that uh, the boys could rally around and help Ricky to a win. Obviously, with his hamstring there, and um, no, it was just a good game as just a neutral to just watch and just just watch all the tries and um, yeah. What did you think, mate? I mean, oh, 100%, obviously, sitting back watching this as a neutral, you can't ask for more than, obviously, the 50, 60 points that get scored on average a game. If this happened every week for the games that, not that I didn't really care about, but a game that I'm not lining up to watch, if this was to happen every week, I'm absolutely buzzing now. Mm. For the Titans, like you said, 1.2 million for Fafita. He's probably been the biggest disappointment after the season we saw him have last year, Um, obviously, Bulldoze for every single team he played against, made defenses look silly. And this week he just uh sorry, this year, sorry, he just kind of doesn't look interested. He's played 13 mm. games, um, four tries. He's only made seven line breaks. Now, this Terrible. is a man that I reckon made that in about one game versus the Roosters in the final series last year. Mm. They're just maybe they just need to go, you know what, for feet up, who wants him? Broncos, you want him, take him. Let's split this cash up. Let's get three or four players on 400,000. They're going to absolutely bust their guts. There's a little stinky rumour there that he might join up with Wayne Bennett at the Dolphins there. Obviously, they've got the money. Now, everybody's thinking that they're going to go after Cameron Munster, but I think Wayne Bennett Is this who you want your marquee to be? doesn't have to be market. You don't have to pay top dollar. Obviously, you can pay like less than half and try and get – some off the uh, Titan salary cap there, but if you, if 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 there's a, there's only a few coaches that could um could turn around David Fafita and Wayne Bennett's one of them. He's a big fan. Uh, he's he's a, um, admitted openly that he's a big fan of David Fafita and can get him back rolling again that he did back at the, at the Broncos before he moved. So you know if 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 this comes to tuition um and David starts playing really well, watch out. If. 100% obviously if they do if, get him if. and they do same role I think they're still a bit light around the rest of the packs but he could be a player moving forward that could help that squad but like you mm. said with the Raiders they won the game same as the Roosters you don't have to win pretty you've got the two points you're equal on points in that eight the next I'm going to say the next two weeks determine the Raiders season they do play a weekend Panther side in Canberra they then play the Dragons in Canberra. They yeah. lose one of those games and the Roosters pick up maximum points. You're almost putting a line, obviously, through the Raiders, but it's going to be yeah. an interesting end to the season. A team that met in a final, met in a final, I think it was six. A couple of years later, it's going to be an absolute cracker. But moving on to probably two title contenders, I guess you could put it. 
I had a bit of fun watching this game. Um, me and you, we know what the reasoning was for that. I had a bit of fun watching this game. It was the Sharks 21, the Rabbitohs 20. How good. How good. I guess the talking point here is obviously an absolute cracking game. September came early once again. Um, both teams left it on the line. The Rabbits came out to an absolute blistering start. They got the early lead. The Sharks drew them back to 14-8. They got back to 14 or The Sharks take the lead. Big, uh, what's his, is it Fafita? Was it Fafita again? Big Fafita scoring that Andrew, try? Yeah, Andrew Fafita. Yeah, yeah, big Andrew scoring the try, winding back the clock, pulling out a celebration. It's worth the 5000 for dry July. But then you've obviously got, the Rabbitohs sneak it in with a minute and a half and you go, all momentum's going towards the Rabbitohs. And I think all momentum was towards the Rabbitohs. It was mm. the off boot of Latrell Mitchell. Now, behind us on the screen, we do have those two corner flags. Um, I think if Latrell was kicking the first two, it was probably landing maybe over here somewhere, landed yeah. over near my TV. Um, yeah. He shanked two of them. One went quite close. Moylan shanked two and up steps. Arguably one of the signings of the season, Nico mm. Hines seals the game. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, again, from a neutral point of view, this was a great game, obviously, in the last five minutes when they got really down to the wire there. But I think the thing that undid South Sydney there was they didn't really set up for the field goal. They sort of were like, all right, we'll run the ball in. And if we get him, if we score a try, we score a try. But if we don't, What's our next play? Oh, field goal. Oh, we're not in the right position. Oh, and then you see Latrell, he's having to step away. Like, he's, he's catching the ball and he's a, I think he's a left footer and he's stepping away. Like, he should be, you should be like, he should be talking to um, Damien Cook and saying, hey, mate, I want you to, um, if I'm a left footer, I want you to go to the right of the posts. I want you to set up. I want two blockers here, whatever there. And he should be dictating how he wants it to seal that game. He had two shots. It failed. Obviously, the same on the, on the flip side, you did have the Sharks with Manny Moylan. And then up, still, up steps Nico Hines. And the drove for even. Baxter? Oh, sorry. Free. Sorry. He looked at missed three, <laughs> but, but, you know, even even so, then you look at Nico Hines's one, how he how – he, sort of set up for his one compared to the other two of uh, Matty Moylan. It was more organised. It was more prepared and ready to go. And that's why he's the big bucks. That's why he's wearing the seven on the back. Um, Burgess, mate, brain explosion. I know what you're trying to do. You're just trying to go into the tackle and you've got that arm out and it's just clubbing him in the head. But I think you've let, let, let the down the, the fans here because you could have won. It was like last tackle, fourth tackle on the fifty. You could have held him out, but then you give away an easy, easy penalty to bring him into the game. And you know what? what I'm going to counter that. I'm going to counter that. I do agree. He probably did let the fans down in that moment. However, he might not have had the best game. But if you flip to thirty seconds earlier, the bloke makes a 25, 30 meter run, gets him in prime position. Latrell shanks it. So. Yes, he let them down with that penalty, but the game should have been over well before that because Latrell should be nailing that from 30 metres and not putting it 45 metres wide. It was all, You know what? We always make the joke when it's a soccer reference. If, if that was a soccer game, it would have almost been a throw-in instead of a corner. So that, that's how bad it was. Um, yeah. But, but obviously, brain snap. He will accept that one-week ban. 
I think the hate that he is copping from some Rabbitohs fans is a bit misled because they're frustrated with that loss, but it was a brain snap. He did admit that he was an idiot. I don't know if it warranted a send-off. I think we saw worse it warranted a send-off this week. Looking back like in if- history, but looking back in history, like all the, the head high shots like that, I think the referees and the NRL have sort of put their put their foot down and gone any really bad blatant just grade three, grade two, whatever you want to call it, like high tackles in the moment of the game, they're just off. We don't want to see yeah, it. But and, we we know. saw the same thing happen in the variables where the commentators were going, he's off, he's gone, he's been hit high, he's about to score. And the guy gets a one week suspension and doesn't even get ten in a bin. Like I can't I can't argue that. But yeah. Again, it goes to consistency. For me, I was like I didn't really – for me, I was like, if he stayed on the field, I wouldn't have cared. But, like, it, okay, I can understand. But then sending him off, like, it was, like, the right decision. So I was like, well, it's sort of that sort of uh, what do you what – what's the – you juggle yeah, both of them up and – I, th- just, I think yeah. in the scheme of things, I think in the scheme of things, if they would have said 10 in the bin, we probably wouldn't be having this discussion. But mm. a straight send-off, I think, was a bit too far. And then to suspend him for a week – Okay, yeah. he probably did deserve it, but I think the send off was a bit harsh, and I hope that isn't a precedent that's set for the rest of the year. We're going to see a lot of players <laughs> ending up in the showers quite early. But moving on to the absolute ambush of the round, it put oh, a smile on your face. If you great. listen to the jokes going around, it's two in a row for this this poor poor side. They're off the bottom of the table. It's what the Broncos eighteen, the West Tigers thirty two. I will get your thoughts on the match, but obviously. A massive talking point out of this game. We'll have to wait to see what happens. Patrick Carrigan referred straight to the judiciary. Now, I don't think there's been a time where a player has been referred straight to the judiciary where he's not going to get at least probably three to six weeks. So Mm. you could almost argue his season's over. It was a hip drop. He has broken, I think it was the fibula of Jackson Hastings. Uh, Does that get taken into effect? I don't know. It probably will. It shouldn't. It probably will. But hmm. how do you see this going? Do you think his season's over until at least finals? Look, if they if the judiciary hands down a four to five week ban, match ban, I'm not blowing up. Like, or we talk about these baby face people like like Cleary, like Jake Tavorovich, who are just these nice blokes, and you talk about, oh yeah, they're just they're so good people, and then they do something, and it's sort of like, oh, he's he's a he's a good he's a good person. He wouldn't like that was just an accident. But then you got people who are who are sort of blanketed with a oh he like Jerry Hargroves, uh, Victor Radley. As soon as they do something 50-50-ish, you know, it's sort of like, oh, that's a bad player. He shouldn't have done that. You know, you might as well, you might as well throw in uh, Matt Lodge if you're going to talk about Radley and Highgraves. Complete the oh, trade. They're all at the Roosters now. Chuck them in. All you're all there, so it's great. But you know what I mean? Like, you just sort of people just sort of go, oh, he's the nice guy. He wouldn't have done that. Like, okay, you you could get a fine or whatever. And then I'm hearing people like, like Jerry Highgraves. Oh, he should have been. He should be out for the whole season. I'm like, well, oh, hold on. You can't. You know. It's just a bit of that one of the, one of those things where you just sort of go, ah, uh, mate, you're, you're talking, you're talking shitty. But here's <clears throat> an, is another thing. It's another thing that the NRL want to get out of the game. They want to get out this hip drop tackle, whatever they want to call it. It's one of those tackle maneuvers where 
this this the, the chance of it going wrong happened, and now Jackson Hastings out in his first season back at the NRL um, doesn't even complete the season. So hopefully for a speedy recovery there, um, Jacko. So I know he's a big fan of the a big fan of the pod, and uh, he'll be listening here. But as I said, if it gets four to five weeks, Pat Carrigan, I'm not going to blow up. I don't think you would. Um, he'll be fresh, come back for the finals. Um, Mate, yeah. you're asking me if I'm going to blow up. We play him Thursday night at the SCG. This is the best <laughs> thing that could have happened, obviously. Hastings, wish it didn't happen to him. Wish it didn't happen to everyone. But obviously, this is ruling Carrigan out because he's at least getting one week. I'd be absolutely shocked if he gets away with a fine or a no suspension. So... I think we're about to see, and this might sound a bit silly comparing them, but I think Carrigan to Brisbane is what we're going to see Nathan Cleary to Penrith. It's a massive gap. He's probably one of their star players. He's probably one of their leaders. He really helps Reynolds get on the front foot. So I think pulling him out of that squad, Mm. we're going to see him drop a few points in the next couple of weeks, and they could find themselves in an elimination final rather than a final where they do get that second chance. But We'll flip on to the Tigers. We'll talk about the positives. Um, what a win. Um, I oh. guess you could say they got their revenge from last week, I guess. Um, I think there were a few questionable calls that were in favour oh, yeah. of the Tigers oh. this game. But yeah, if you look at the whole scheme of how this game went, I'm looking at one man and obviously the last three weeks, they almost beat a week in Penrith. If you listen to the NRL, they should have beat the Cowboys. If you listen now to this game, they beat the Broncos. A fit Adam Dewey is bloody dangerous. What were your thoughts on oh. Adam Dewey in this game and then obviously the Tigers as a whole? Oh, I've, I've really liked Adam Dewey since his days at South Sydney there. He was really a strong, tall body there. Where, where's his Where's his natural position? Is he a six or is he a centre? I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards a six. Because he's more, he gets his hands on the ball and he's more dangerous. As as we said in previous pods, if you put Dewey at six, then what does that move? Brooks to seven, Hastings to thirteen. Obviously, before the injury, but it moves Brooks to free agency. Get rid of him. <laughs> uh, he's he's probably one of those those players. He just he's come into a, a good team at the wrong time, and now he's getting the blame. Like, I just can't, I can't believe Luke, Luke Brooks is getting all the hate he is. And look, hopefully, but again, again, hold on. Again, we spoke about Fafita saying he's not worth the 1.2. Brooks is going to be on very much the similar. Is that why he's getting the hate? It hastings at a quarter of the price. He's looking 20 times better than what Luke Brooks has in a shit team. Don't get me wrong, hmm. but I think it's the money he's on. He's not leading the team how he should. I just think, oh, for me, I think Luke Brooks is not that Jackson Hastings player where it's sort of come with me, blokes, jump on my back, I'm going to lead the team. Luke Brooks needs a few, and we've seen it when he was playing six, the pressure of him out of the spotlight played his sort of natural, almost excellent game for him. So does that, does he, is he a seven or is really Luke Brooks a six? Just put up, put the number seven on his back, and you know whatever whatever it is. But I'm going to uh, throw a plot twist. I'm going to throw a plot twist, and we won't go. go into it. I'm going to get your advice. Oh, give it a rating out of ten. How do you think it'll work? Number right. six, Adam Dewey. Number mm-hmm. seven, a healthy Jackson Hastings. Number fourteen, off the bench, Luke Brooks. 
Mm, it would be good. I'd like it. I, I, until they play the game, I'm going to say a six out of ten. But I'll throw it back to you. What about if Luke Brooks plays nine? Nah, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think he'll throw a ball that far. He'll probably be tired by the end of it. Won't be able to catch a pass. Um, I mean, it's a possibility. And if you are playing at fourteen, you probably are playing that nine. You probably are playing that six or seven when you come on. So, I'll give I'll give yours a five just because I want to win the debate. And you've already given me a six, so I can't lose now. But we will jump into obviously the next lot of games. They are at the bottom of the table. Tigers fans rejoice. Ah. Titans probably aren't going to win a game for the rest of the year, so you've probably avoided the spoon this year. But we will jump into the next game. It was a Sunday night, uh, Sunday morning, afternoon, ah. whatever you want to call it. It was an absolute classic. It was the Karaz Show. Bulldogs 24, Knights 10. Jacob Karaz hat-trick. Some tighty finishes, some great hands to score those tries. I never knew Matt Burner could kick a ball um, 25 metres across play to land it in his hands, but <laughs> you spoke before the game. We talked about the talking points, and it's the Bulldogs showing some bite towards the back end of this season. They know they're getting kick out. They know they're getting Reed Mahoney. They've got some big players coming in next year. If they can keep yeah. this core together, how dangerous can this side be? And we'll touch on it in a second, but the Newcastle coach, your back's against the wall. You use the... You use the little, um, oh, but I've made four grand finals before. I know what I have to do. Mm. The NRLs are result-driven. So, obviously, first, what were your thoughts on the game? What are your thoughts on the Bulldogs? And then we'll finish up with what you thought about the coach's comments. Yeah, uh, hats off to that bloke scoring a hat-trick. He outscored the Knights single-handedly there. Um, it was under under the right coach. I've seen it pre-game. They said Mick Potter under Mick Potter, the Bulldogs are averaging twenty five point one points per game under um, Mister T Baz. There, the man, uh, sexiest man in in coaching, they're only scoring about ten. So, is Mick Potter the bloke to lead this Bulldogs team next year and beyond? Right now, I'm saying yes because. The stats prove it, and the you know the figures don't lie. You know, obviously, I just dropped one. And if they get the right, if they can re-sign Matt Burden and keep him happy there at the Bulldogs, and obviously, as you said, Remani from the Parramatta Eels and Kikau coming from Penrith, two great quality players. I think they can start building something here for years to come, if not decades, for the Bulldogs. Um, Larry will be happy. I know he's jumping up and down in Europe somewhere. So, look, this was a great game. But on the flip side, you look at Knights at the start of the season, Mitchell Pierce is unhappy, so you let him go, but then you don't have a backup seven to replace him. And that's that's your only excuse. Oh, we lost Pierce. Oh, we lost Pierce. Well, mate, should have done some better management. Um, and holding on to Pierce before you or before you let him go, get a replacement player. It's harder to get a player after the fact than before. Um, so they really need to do some soul-searching. Look, he's on a short leash. And that, that excuse of, oh, I've been to four grand finals, mate, stick it up stick it up where the don't, sun don't shine because that's all in the past. And you've got this struggling team. You need to take hold of this team and show – the world, even though this, even the city, what you're made of, and 
it's a yeah, it's hard. It's a hard one. I think I think talking from a coaching perspective of the Bulldogs, Potter's done a great job. Um, when we did give our predictions at the start of the year, I think this was the style we thought the Bulldogs would be playing. Um, it's a case of fear of missing out. Okay, the Dogs announced Potter. Let's say it doesn't work in a year. You've probably ruled Serato out of a deal. You've probably ruled Madge out of a deal who was caught having breakfast with Gus. Read into it as much as you want. Um, I think if um, if I was a betting man, I'd have Serato probably about a dollar twenty, dollar ten. Um, I'd have him yeah. as the heavy favorite. I'd have Potter just behind him to stay on, and I'd have Madge as one of those outside, outside kind of ones that you go. Mm, I might check a fiver on there and see if he wins. But I think from a Newcastle perspective, Larry, I hope you're enjoying Europe. Cop that. <laughs> they lose this weekend. They're in 15th, exactly where I said they were going to finish come the second, first part of the year. So cop that. I hope you're enjoying Europe, but cop that. But we'll move on and we'll finish obviously on, I guess we can both be happy with this result. It pushed the oh, Dragons it was two great. points further away from the eight. Dragons eight, Cowboys 34. First half, a bit shaky. Second half, just sit back. And applaud the Cowboys because that was a great performance. What were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, it was sort of uh, Cogra is a hard place to play. I've uh, I've been there once in the stands, and it's it's not a it's not an NRL field. It's not rectangular. It's more oval, and it's like the SAG. You sort of lose if you don't know what, where you really are. Like if you're not playing week to week there, you sort of lose your you, you where you are on the field, and you. It is an amazing place to be. And I think that's what happened in the first half. Yes, we were 10-8 up half-time, but I think something something clicked for us and we, the ball just rolled on from there. We start scoring tries. Nanai, you know, brilliantly, brilliant, you know, Scotty Drinkwater, what a season he's having. And with this momentum, yes, we did have a few weeks shaky, but I think we've gotten over that little bad patch in our in our in our season and now we're hitting really the right the, at the right time really hitting that that fourth gear and I reckon we can we can go on and push hard in, in deep into the finals um yeah unlucky to the dragons obviously you were cheering up and down for the for the wrong reasons um in my eyes but uh yeah <laughs> obviously you brought up nano there um I, I did put a post up. We spoke about it on an earlier pod with Larry. He kind of brushed it off because at the time, yes, he was a good signing, but he only has that one-year extension that he did sign um, to the end of next season. Could that come back to bite the Cowboys on the ass for not signing him for longer? Because this is a player where I don't know exactly what his contract is, but let's say for hypothetical reasons, he's on 100 grand at the start of the year. Mm. You give him that one-year extension. If I'm a club right now that's got money, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm throwing 600 grand at this kid, 500 grand at this kid, and I'm going, I want you for the next five years. So do you what think happened? it could bite you in the arse? No, nah, I, I don't think it is. I think it's like he's only like 19. So you don't want another David Fafita situation where you throw five years at you know, mega money and he doesn't deliver and you go, oh, well, what a flop. 500,000. You get him for 500,000. It's not It's not a big, I, I, big contract I reckon, for five years. I reckon, we, I reckon we'll get him about 354 um, just because of his age. And I think that's one of the key points. Uh, Todd Payton will sit down with his management and he, himself and talk it all out. Um, 
I don't think he's worth the half a million just yet. Obviously, he's played, he's broken into the uh, Queensland uh, origin side. So maybe we sign him for another three years after that, uh, after after this season. So it gives us four years with him. Look, anything can happen. Do I think Obviously, he, I, do, I, do I think he goes to other clubs? I don't think he will. I think he will want to stay. Um, but obviously money talks and uh, we'll see how it all pans out at, at November 1. Yeah, obviously it is interesting. Obviously, I, I believe he's sitting on 220K um, this year. Yeah. I believe that raises potentially to 250 next year, depending on exactly what's in the contract with those terms. So $100,000, it is obviously a big move, but it just worries me that, again, I'm not saying he's a marquee. I'm not saying he's worth massive money, but the Dolphins need quality players because we've seen their one through seven predicted lineup. Hmm. November 1st, you put an offer in for him. You make a deal with the Cowboys. He might get released early. I don't think he'll get released early, but we've seen weirder things happen in um, rugby league, but it's slipping my mind here and, you might be able to help me out here. If not, we'll just refer him to as the Cowboys backboard. Who was it that walked away from the Cowboys? What was his name? He's moved obviously across to the Knights. He was in charge of. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, um, I do. I do know the face. I don't know the name, but yes, um, he was really part of our rec- uh, structure and recruitment. You know, uh, for the players and whatnot. So he was really fundamental there but i think he's laid the foundations and the yeah the, the foundation sorry um of where we should be going and under todd i think we i think we can continue that and uh lead into the uh the happy years uh, obviously we went through that really bad patch there ex post jt era so uh, onwards and upwards for the cowboys i believe yeah, and I think it wouldn't surprise me. Obviously, they do have that talent. Um, hopefully, they can hold them together because it did get a, bo- a bit boring watching Storm and the New South Wales team dominate for the last, what was it, four or five years. So I do hope that the Cowboys <laughs> can... <laughs> can... Four, four or five years, New South Wales, please. please. Uh, I mean, I do hope, obviously, the Cowboys can stay up there. Um, I hope the Broncos do drop off, but... Just quickly before we wrap up, we are at 42 minutes, so we will have a preview show coming up where we will talk about each game in depth after team this Tuesday. But quick prediction, Roosters-Broncos? Broncos. Storm Titans? Storm. (laughs) Seagulls-Eels? Eels. Eels. Rabbitohs-Warriors? Warriors. Raiders-Panthers? Wait, did you say Warriors? Yeah, I'm okay. waiting for you. Yeah, I'm waiting Ra- for you for that. Raiders, Raiders, Penrith. Raiders. Sharks, Dragons. Sharks. Bulldogs, Cowboys. It's gonna be Cowboys. It's in Queensland. No, it's not in Queensland. Oh no, it, it is. It, it is moved to Bundaberg, the home of the Bundaberg Rum. The drop bear is this is Absolutely this is Queensland is. territory, and I don't know why they've done it, but. Mate, it's a great it's a great venue. I've drove I've driven past it many many times, and well, it's going to be fun fact. Cracker. Actually, that Rabbitohs Warriors game has also been moved to Queensland. Not exactly sure where it's getting held, but it has been moved to Queensland. It is a Queensland oh. game. But wrapping up the round, sorry, could I change West... that then? I thought it was in New Zealand, so I'm going to change it to to Rabbits just solely on the base of that. Okay, 
West Tigers, Newcastle. Oh, come on, Tigers. Make it a three-peat if you want to call it that. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go, guys. We have heard his predictions. I can almost guarantee you at least five of those change by the time we get to the preview show and by the time we see the team this Tuesdays. But Baxter, obviously, as always, thank you for joining me. Guys, if you have stuck around, it is 45 minutes in. We did start this at about 9.30. It is 10.21. So we're going to head to bed. We hope you've enjoyed yeah. the podcast, but obviously we'll see you soon. And Baxter, thank you for joining me. All right, peace.